Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. What? Spearsy? Jen, why are you here at my house in Southern California on Halloween of all days? Well, you see, Brad, the last time we did this skit, we were at Steve's house in Florida. And since he's run out of seasonal ideas for skits, now we're at your house. Mip. What's wrong with Steve? Is he drunk again? Yeah, he's saving his energy for the 80s cruise pitch. Either that, or he took advantage of the drink cart on the flight over. Well, this is a pretty pathetic attempt at pre-show humor. So, here, take these Snickers bars and get on with it. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your old pal, Spearsy. No, 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 no. Steve, that's your shtick for the start of the actual show. Try again. <sighs> Set sail with Brad, myself, and 2,000 more crazy 80s fans on the 80s cruise, leaving this March from Fort Lauderdale. Headliners include Rick Springfield, Loverboy, Lou Graham, Berlin, Billy Ocean, and many more. Also there to make all our dreams come true are the original MTV VJs, Nina, Mark, and Alan. And there's trivia sessions hosted by yours truly. Uh, Brad? Why are you looking at me, man? It's my house. I gave you candy. Keep talking. If you book with the special promo code STUCK, you'll be invited to a private rooftop movie screening with me and Brad. Plus, you get to hear us record a podcast live. Financing options are still available. And you can also pay with PayPal credit. Just go to www.the80scruise.com to start planning the trip of a lifetime. Not bad. Not bad. Now, let's all go inside. I'll pour you some Halloween cocktails and we'll start the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? You, you want to see something really scary? You bet. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is this is really, really scary now. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Rad B. And today we listen to your picks for the best Halloween songs of the 80s. By the way, that's Monster Mash, of course, but as recorded by the British ska band Bad Manners from back in 1980. Thanks to uh, Jeff Young for suggesting the tune. And don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. Hey, look who's here to trick-or-treat with us again. It's uh, Jen with one N. Hello, scary Halloween voice. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually accurately scary. Thanks. So here's the shtick. A couple weeks ago, we did... Jen, Brad, and I, we, we made our picks for the 10 best Halloween songs of the 80s, songs that connected with us more personally. But we invited you at the same time to send us your picks. 
and we were flooded with emails. We have uh, picked 10 of the, our favorites and we've rounded up the others. So you're going to have the ultimate Halloween playlist after this is done. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was psyched by this list. There were a bunch of songs I hadn't heard before. And so I was glad to hear some new stuff. Some new in quotes stuff. Yeah. New to you. I, new I, to you. I was impressed when I was listening to him today. I thought in many ways these picks are better than our picks. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> possible. Well, they were more on message. Like the, I mean, there was, there was more songs that are like straight on about Halloween than maybe we originally knew. Yeah, and there are some deeper cuts, the things that I wasn't familiar with in here, too, that I enjoyed listening to. Right. Like that cover of Monster Mash, I've never heard that before. No. Yeah, I mean, that, was a, that was a cool find. Uh, yeah. So, and there's some other cool finds today, too. Before we get started, I got a quick message for everyone. Here at Stuck in the 80s, we're kind of relying on advertising these days as a way to support the show. And we try to find sponsors that we think that the 80s Nation can connect to. If you could do us a favor, though, and go to the following URL podcastlistener.com slash radical and answer just a few short questions. It would really be helpful to us. Again, that's podcastlistener.com slash radical. Help keep Stuck in 80s free and alive for a long time to come. Woot woot. So let's get started. Here are our favorite 10 songs as suggested by the listeners. Here's our first pick. This was sent in by Kevin Wench. It's the Hitmen with their hot track, Bates Motel. So here's some background on the Hitman. And I'm going to admit I stole this straight from Kevin Wench's uh, Lost and Found blog series. I think he, he practically dared me to use this. Or he basically said that since he wrote it up as a blog item, I wasn't going to use it on the show. Wrong. Uh, the hitmen were also sometimes called the London hitmen to uh, differentiate themselves from an Australia band, also called the hitmen. Ironic to me because when I listen to this song, it, they sound more Australian than British. Oh, yeah, there's something to that. Uh, we don't know much about the hitmen, but uh, their video for Base Motel, if you look it up on YouTube, it's pretty Hitchcockian. Is that a word? It is today. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a total homage to uh, Alfred Hitchcock. References to the psycho, uh, the motel room, the peephole, the neon motel sign. I really like the chorus with the check in, check out, check in, check out, check in, check out. <laughs> it's definitely a great song to get us going. So I'll talk about the next song. It's from another classic horror film called Pet Cemetery. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. This is not a good movie, guys. But the song is fun. It's Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. And that was suggested to us by Jesse El Gato Grande Smith. So thanks for that. Um, the Ramones, you got to love how straightforward they are, right, you guys? <laughs> I yeah. mean, most of their songs, and this is a perfect example. The lyric, I believe, goes, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I mean, it doesn't get much more straightforward and descriptive than that. And yeah. I, I have to say, I saw this movie in the theater, and all I can remember is the tendon slice scene 
Do you guys recall that scene? No, no, no. Never no. saw it. Never saw it. Don't, don't. Please. Nightmares okay. for a week. So, so obviously the movie is based on a Stephen King book and it's um, this family and they their son, their young son, Gage, dies, which as it occurs to me now as I'm saying this, I probably couldn't watch it again because it would be a tragedy rather than a horror movie to me as a parent now. But um, but there's a scene where, um, okay, so they bury Gage in the pet cemetery, which you're not supposed to do. You They explicitly were told, do not bury anything in this pet cemetery because it'll come hmm. back to life. So that's what happens. Their son Gage comes back to life. And then at one point, like stuff happens, plot, plot, plot. At one point toward the end, he is under a bed, this little, like, it, it, he feels like a robot, kind of, when you watch the, the kid who's acting, comes out from the underneath the bed and slices a guy's tendon with, like, a, a knife or something. Oh, it's so disgusting. Ooh. So, yeah, the song is, like, just straightforward. I'm not really sure what else to say about it, but, you know, it's the Ramones, well, yeah. so it's poppy and it's, fun and, and upbeat. It's actually kind of identifiable as a Ramones song because all the other ones sound alike. Yeah, I, th- I think this one definitely sounds Ramonesy to me. Don't you? You don't think? It, 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 no, it does. But it's it somehow just maybe the the hook of the movie title. And I mean, my son and I have a joke whenever we hear a Ramon song. Hey, I heard a Ramon song. Which one? Oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> Pretty good. There's a lot of truth to that. But I do like the phrase. The phrasing I mean, of props to yeah, them. But I do but like yeah. the phrasing of I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Like I love the phrasing of that. It just makes me smile every yeah, time I hear it. It's brilliant. Not to go dark on you guys, but have you guys figured out your burial plans yet? Yeah. Really? Have we talked about this on a podcast? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be. That's right. You're going to be cremated and your ashes are spread at some camping ground, right? Yeah, in the meadow by where we camp. Yeah. It's beautiful. Jen, did you discuss yeah, your burial plans? Yeah, I haven't sorted it out. Show? I have the playlist ready, though. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I definitely keep coming up with new songs for the uh, for the slideshow that my children will be required to prepare. <laughs> my, my mom gave me a lot of grief last week because she was, she was asking me where my will was in case I died soon, which is it's sort of my joke to always tell people, you know, come find my corpse in a couple of days. But I, I had to confess to her that I had no will. I had no burial plans written down or anything. And so I still don't really know what I'm going to do. Taking suggestions, though. <laughs> It's put you up in the meadow with me. That'd be fine by me. Oh my god! So this next pick was a very popular pick. Um, I'm going to give Cheeto Jesus USA on Facebook credit for for suggesting it first and doing it in quite a nasty manner. But at least ten people wrote in to suggest this song, and I and, and once I say the name, you'll know why. This is Every Day Is Halloween by Ministry. So this is a 1984 single by Ministry. It's kind of interesting because this doesn't actually appear on any studio album. And it comes out right about the exact time that Ministry switches over from being a synth band to a metal band. So it's kind of like lost. Yeah, in- that's right. Early Ministry is a lot different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So this is almost like this is like the missing link. The writer of the song describes it as having been, quote, adopted as the anthem of America's disenfranchised gothic community, unquote. Well, of course they're disenfranchised if they're gothic. 
the the enfranchised goths are all running the cemeteries. Yes. And the, the disenfranchised goths are partying in the cemetery. I don't want to be buried in a disenfranchised gothic cemetery either. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be awesome. So it's kind of a mouthful. Oh my god! So yeah, this is you know, Ministry is one of those bands, and I if if I were a better '80s fan, I would have known this. But Ministry is one of those bands that I didn't, I never listened to. I don't, I don't think I was even aware of them until, oh Jesus, maybe ten years ago. Really? Yeah, I'm weird that You've way. Never heard this song? No. This now. Uh, can I ask you guys a question about this song? Did you listen to it today? Yeah. Or recently? Lie to me, say yes. Yes. The intro, the synth intro of it. Today I was listening to the the song, and the intro it just it reminds me of something. Do you know I can't what it quite is? put my finger on it. I think you'll you'll laugh or be no. stunned or something. But it sounds like the a tiny bit slower than the beginning of uh, Venus by Bananarama. Oh my gosh! I wish we could do a <laughs> side by side. You're right. right. Well, I could, I could, I can mix that down. You know, give me in my copious spare time when I'm not preparing trivia Perfect. decks for '80s in the Sand. Hey, aren't you going to Bananarama, Brad? I am. I bought tickets. This is my not so guilty, not so secret. No, I'm I so love Panorama and the original lineup. So is I don't see that. They've been they've been touring in the UK like for the last year or so, and I'm like, oh, come to LA, come to LA, and they're doing like four dates in early 2018. So, got my tickets on the floor. Uh, what? Where are they playing? It's just a small club down in uh, down at LA Live. Okay, on the floor. <laughs> don't judge me. Oh, I've judged. I find you guilty. Guilty. Guilty of loving awesome bubblegum pop. I just don't see I just don't I mean for someone who likes Devo, I just don't I just can't match you up with Bananarama. I'm uh, don't box me in, man. Don't box me in. Give me land lots of land in the starry skies above. Man, you're on fire today. Showtime Brad has returned. The heat brings it out of me. <laughs> what is it like 106 out there in LA right now? I just 128, but who's counting? No, yeah, it was like it was 102 yesterday. It's crazy. Anyway, weather. We, this is how I know when it's time to end phone conversations when we start talking about the weather. So if we're talking about the weather, we need to keep moving. Okay, here we go. Next song. This one, uh, last week we dubbed uh, Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party's the top pick. Joseph Hauer wrote in and said, we were wrong. This is the best Oingo Boingo Halloween song. No one lives forever. No One Lives Forever is from Dead Man's Party, uh, ironically enough. The fifth album by Ongo Boingo. We're listening to 1985, the glorious year of our high school graduation for me and Brad. Oh, so good. Many fun so times good. were had by everybody except for me. But let's not, oh, let's not go there. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's it's kind of... this is went to summer school. This whole album has kind of a, a Halloween feel to it. I mean, the cover is obviously a Day of the Dead thing. Yeah. Of course, every Oingo Boingo song is a friggin' Halloween song. That's the whole point of it. Message of the song and encourage us all to quit looking to the future for our source of happiness. Well, that's no Not problem Not here with on me. this podcast, no. Uh, no. No matter, because, <laughs> no matter how cautious you are and how well you take care of yourself, again, not applicable to me. 
You will die. Very applicable. No one escapes their fate. Oh, Steve, I think you're I think you're focusing a little too much on the negative. What they're telling you when they tell you that they're not saying there's no happiness in the future. They're saying be present now. Look around you. Participate in things that make you happy now. Happy now. Don't wait forever. Dance to Banana Rama. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Jen, with one N. Sure. So it is delivered in that tone, and I love this song. The the song just just comes at you, and I love that about it. But there's another interpretation available to you, Steve, and I, I I entreat you to look in the mirror and think about that tomorrow while you're not shaving. Actually, tomorrow is my no shave day, so that will work out well. <laughs> I know you I'm will shave on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So. This is a lot of personal information. I know. <laughs> Where will he go next? Stuff. You say. I know where we're going next. Let me introduce the next song. This is a write-in from Dr. Dim, our old friend and bitter nemesis, and he (laughs) presented us with this opportunity to share with you Love and Rockets Haunted When the Minutes Drag. So this is for when you're feeling happy again And this is for when you're feeling sad And this is for when you Can I say this right off the bat? Dr. Dim has excellent choice when it comes to mopey music. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. I had not heard this song before. If I had, I'd forgotten it. And I played it today and I listened to it for about a half an hour on repeat. I really like it. (laughs) So Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets was kind of rose out of the ashes of Bauhaus. Uh, Daniel Ash, David Jay, and Kevin Haskins uh, got together in 1985. Uh, this is off of their first album, their, or I should say their debut studio album. They had a single that was out before this. This is, of course, a deep cut because Dr. Dim doesn't go for this stuff you hear on the radio. No, no. Like I said, I had not heard this, but it uh, it's a bit of a slow burner. It's a long track. It's like eight minutes and some change. And it starts with just a guitar and bass and just Daniel Ash, kind of as clean as you ever hear him in Love and Rock. It's not a lot of processing. And it just slowly builds. The vocals, he starts to pick up a little chorus effect. The harmonies come in. You know, the percussion comes in and it just kind of just grooves all the way through. It's this nice, steady, kind of rhythmic going along. And uh, I love the music to it. That's why I listened to it, like I said, on on repeat this morning. Yeah, I don't know much about Love and Rockets, but the few songs that I do know, I, they have always felt to me well-produced, like yes. even when I didn't know what that means exactly. But yes. I always thought that, oh, wow, these, these seem well-made, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would say you go a step further and say that sometimes they feel a little overproduced. But um, I think we both mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of taste. I know I know I mean, this song. I, I think they walk the line on this yeah. one. I know they walk the line on this one because it's the vocals start to get a little like, what are they doing with that? Like, what's with all the chorus on the voice? There's only one song really on this list that I love more than that song. And Jen has the honor of presenting it. Oh, fantastic. Well, I wanted to, to uh, do this one after Haunted When the Minutes Drag to kind of play along on the haunted theme. But this is a song called Haunted by the Pogues.
So yeah, so that's Haunted, which is a single that came out in 1986 by, as I said, the Irish band Pogues. The Pogues. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> it's your whole Pogues. <laughs> the, no, the. It's a the. The Pogues. It's, it's and, so hard um, to keep up sometimes. So it was featured on the Sid and Nancy soundtrack. And I, it's just a beautiful song. And it's, I don't know, it somehow rocks and is mellow at the same time. I'm not sure how to describe that better. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love to play it in the car and I love to roll down the windows and sing it really loud in the car. It's just fun to do. But um, anyway, it was originally sung by Kate O'Rourden of the Pogues. And the reason it wound up on this list besides me is um, listener Noelle O'Regan, or Reagan, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I'm thinking Regan suggested this song but as a Sinead O'Connor song with Shane McGowan former Pogues vocalist singing it with her like as a duet and so I had never heard that version so it was kind of fun to hear a new version but I have to say and if my my research is wrong somebody call me out but that this was a re-recording that was recorded in 1995 wow so yeah so I, I mention it because it's an awesome song by the Pogues, but it's worth looking at the, the 1995 version, too. It's okay. You have our permission. <laughs> but it, it reached higher. I guess it's, it's probably... My guess is it's never charted in the United States, but it reached... Uh, the new version reached number 30 in the UK, and then the, the first version, the original, uh, made it up to 42. But it's a great song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It really is. It really is. The Pogues are one of those bands that... I don't really, I've certainly never owned any of the recordings because I just wasn't cool enough to do that. But every song I hear, I'm like, I really need to look more into this catalog. And then I, then I think about Bananarama and I forget about it until <laughs> someone else talks about the Pogues again. There's one, there's one Pogues album that you need to get. I think it's called Essential Pogues. And it, uh, yes, it's a greatest hits, but I think they had like three or four greatest hits albums. But if you can find Essential Pogues, I'm 99% sure that's the name. That is all the Pogues you need to ever have i mean granted it's all the hits that's a pro tip right there that's good stuff you have that disc or whatever it is that the you kids today with your eight track tapes and your zima um if you have that in your car you will you will roll down the windows and sing every day so is haunted on that album no uh, interneting so. interneting it is not but so get fa- that album and then also... <laughs> and then Haunted, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for an extra $1.29 in the iTunes store. Done. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That'd be a fun podcast. Like, best best of albums from 80s bands. Because so many of them have, like, Ooh. multiple versions. So basically, best, like, cash grab, uh, contractual obligation, best song, I'm best not, of... I'm not saying it's collections. a show we're going to do next week, but maybe in year 20 or year 21... Put it on the list. We might, be, <laughs> we might, need, the, we might need the subject matter. I'm just saying. Best eight bar break leading into the third chorus yes. of the eighties. I think we're gonna start doing top thirty, like twenty to thirty, ten. You know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah, so eleven to twenty, twenty one to thirty. Right, right next to Brad's show on best sax solos or what's the other one? Fourth wall. Oh, best fourth wall breaks of the eighties. That's my pet project. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, <laughs> Tumblr. Speaking of pet projects, let's move on to the next one. Jesse Algato Grande Smith. Did he already write in with one of these? He did. He loves the oh um, soundtracks okay. and songs. So Jesse Elgato Grande Smith places two on our podcast today, the lucky little spud. I give you the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff with A Nightmare on My Street. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell about this guy you all know me and we're scared as hell. He comes to me at night after I call into bed. He's burnt up like a weenie and his name is Fred. He wears the same hat and sweater every 
So you want the elevator pitch for this song? Yes. It's the Halloween version of Parents Just Don't Understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I, are they in the convertible? Speed turns me on. Wait, the guy's got an... I don't get it. Have you heard this whole album? Is this what the whole thing's like? Uh, I did not own this album. Me no, either, me neither. But I, I found out today it's a double album. What? Yeah. 85 minutes on vinyl. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, that's amazing. You had a lot to say. Uh, yeah, you sure <laughs> did. Parents just don't understand. I, mean, I think a lot of people didn't understand. Me. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Steve has killed him. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. This bad boy went to number 15 on the charts, but uh, who cares? Uh, what's really interesting is that it's basically fan fiction. Obviously inspired by the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but not officially associated with them. New Line Cinema sued the record label for copyright infringement, and then we went to court. Who won? Who won? It was settled out of court, but they had made a music video for this song, and it was destroyed. So you cannot seem to find that. I looked around a little bit today. Why battle over this? Why not let it be out there as like... I mean, today we just call that SEO. I mean... Yeah. yeah, well, that was a different time. Google so. juice. Google wasn't there, so we didn't want our Google juice. Uh, we know what happened to the Fresh Prince, but what happened to DJ Jazzy Jeff? I don't know. Yeah, he's he's working. He's got a website, and because of that, I found out today that he is in the middle of a global tour. He's playing sets in sets. Is that what DJs play sets? Yeah, so I hear in Europe and Asia. What are next month? I wonder what he closes with. So I want to say that they just released a new single those two together oh yeah i feel like i heard it on another podcast i know i'm sorry i listen to other podcasts that's quite all right i do too yeah i heard a um, little snippet of it and it was terrible oh my god they performed this summer at a festival someplace in the uk the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. DJ Jazzy Jeff the is probably the really better Prince. than Will Smith is. I'm guessing Will Smith isn't exactly hurting. No, no, but he's, uh, he's close to residuals now. I mean, he hasn't put out a decent movie in a while. Anyway, we learn, we move on. What's next? Next up, this one's in from Dave Augie August. I give you Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon. Okay, before we get too far on this, I, I have to let you know, Dave corrected me. Alice Cooper, who was on our last show, is not glam rock. He's shock rock. Oh. Well, it Potato, seems even, even more appropriate for this these yeah. lists. Moving on. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, okay. I, I trust. Don't care, Dave no, Augiagas. No, no, no. Moving on. I, uh, Dave Augiagas would never steer us wrong. He's our most loyal listener these days. So. I have a funny story to tell about him when we get to the Seggies, oh, but boy. let's talk about Bark at the Moon for a minute. I cannot believe it didn't make the first list, and shame on us. Yes, you're so. right. Eh, no, I think I think Alice Cooper in there, you take one of these guys. You know, that being said, I listened to this song today, and I did not enjoy it. Really? And I thought the video hmm. was pretty pedestrian at best. Well, interesting you would bring up the video. This is the first video Ozzy Osbourne made. Really? Yeah. This is in 1983, so 
you know, MTV had been around for a little bit and they're kind of like, Hey, we need some, we need some stuff, man. It's otherwise it's just going to all be like, you know, Linda Ronstadt and Alabama. Uh, so <laughs> it was, it was kind of, yeah, there was some buzz. If there was such a thing back then, there was some buzz about, Oh, he's making a video. Doesn't quite hew exactly to the lyrics. It's more of a kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde slash Wolfman crossover thing. But the thing that really causes problems for Ozzy Osbourne is when he drinks a beaker of what looks... I'm sorry, it's not a beaker. It's a flask. He drinks a flask of a solution that looks a lot like wild turkey, Steve. <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just I just wonder if that's uh, you know a lesson there for us. Well, uh, if it is one, I haven't anyway, so. Yeah, so this is off of his, like I said, it's off of his 1983 album, the same name. It was the first uh, single, came out in November 1983, just ever so slightly too late for Halloween that year. Bummer. I bet that they were mad. <laughs> the the execs. Yeah. yeah. Caught on the wrong side of the wave that time, my friends. Well, I have that horrible story about uh, Ozzy Osbourne. I was supposed to see him perform, I think it was that, maybe it was that year, I'm not sure. But um, he was supposed to perform in Orlando, where I live now, at the mm-hmm. Citrus Bowl. Now it's called, I think, Camping World Stadium. But none back then, I think it was called the Tangerine Bowl. And it turns out his guitarist, Randy Rhodes, died the day before in a plane accident. Oh, dang. That was, uh, I think that was 82. I think that was, was in 82. Okay, so anyway, it was just yeah, about that. Right before that. At that time, Ozzy Osbourne was huge to me, and... and um, I was going to that show just to see him pretty much. I think he was being headlined by Foreigner. They were on touring on their Foreigner 4 album. My dad woke me up the day of the show to tell me that uh, Ozzy had canceled and been been replaced by Pat Travers for the show. <laughs> so instead of Did hearing, you go? Instead of hearing, Cancel my Greyhound tickets. <laughs> I'm not going. So instead of hearing uh, Crazy Train that day, I get to hear, Out go the lights. It was pretty traumatic. <sighs> Well, that's a bait and switch if ever there was one. <laughs> anyway, Jen, you've got the next pick. So this next song is Dead Souls by Joy Division, which was suggested to us by listener Megan DiTizio. Someone take these dreams away But point me to another day Back to the personalities This strange no true So I have a confession. I never listened to Joy Division. And I wonder if I was just a little too young to listen to yes, Joy Division. Yes, you were. Um, yeah, maybe. You guys uh, at all? 100%, 100% full disclosure. 70s, early 80s, yeah, you were too young. I never listened to Joy Division either. And you're much older, much, much older than I'm, I am. I'm practically dead. New Order, <laughs> yes. Joy Division, no. I was aware of them, but I never listened to their right, stuff. Right, right. So I was New Order as well. But listening to this song... Sounds so much like R.E.M. to me, which makes me realize that I bet R.E.M. was a huge fan of Joy Division. Hmm. I don't know. The, the, for As soon as I heard the opening notes, even, and as I listened to the song a, a few times, it just felt like R.E.M. to me somehow. But anyway, yeah, I, mi- I miss the Joy Division boat, with the exception, of course, of Love Will Tear Us Apart, because that song is just 
I don't know. It's it's iconic to me for for some reason. Well, they um, play it twelve times a day on first wave on Sirius XM radio. That may be why. Yeah, yeah. it's just a popular. Now it's a popular song. It, I don't think it was at the time it came out though. It was like uh, a, I would hear it on K Rock occasionally, but it wasn't. But even at that point, it was an older song. Right. Right. Anyway, I think I might be ready after listening to some Joy Division because of this list. I think I might be ready to dive into the Joy Division rabbit hole because there's a lot to, I mean, there's things to listen to, but it's also the band has been in a few different movies or at least dramatized in a couple of different movies. Um, have you guys seen 24 hour party people? Oh yeah. Came out in the early aughts. Yeah. yeah so I Brilliant. didn't realize <laughs> that that was um, sort of a fictionalized account of, of Joy Division's record company factory records. And then I guess the band was in the, the movie too, right? Did you know that? No. Yeah. I mean, I think that's sure. that's what uh, my friend Wikipedia says. But anyway. Lying <laughs> <I had laughs> bastard. That's okay. <laughs> I had heard some rumors, too, about a couple of documentaries. One is called Control, which came out in 2007, and it's a biography of Ian Curtis. And then okay. the other one is is simply called Joy Division, which is a documentary. So I don't know. I think I might be ready to like go all in on Joy Division. It's a great band name. Yeah, for sure. You know what's like the total opposite of Joy Division? If you, if you had to like if, – if there's the eagle on one side of the coin and then there's the presidential head on the other, the presidential head is Weird Al Yankovic and this song, Nature Trail to Hell. See severed heads that almost fall right in your lap. See that bloody hatchet coming right at you. This song was suggested by Bill Wesley, and I think a couple people actually suggested it, but I'm going to give Bill credit because he was the first one to suggest it. It's from the 1984 album N3D, and unlike so many of the Weird Al songs that we know and love, it's not a parody of a particular song. Rather, it borrows from other songs of the era. There's a little bit of Thriller in there. There's a little Elton John. There's some Black Sabbath. There's some Beatles. Every once in a while, Weird Al pulled one of these out weird al fans would be like no 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 he did this all the time we love those songs yeah the the normal people among us <laughs> i don't say not that you're not normal <laughs> if you're a hard any of those dude? <laughs> if you're a hardcore weird al fan but we're not as familiar with those but this is one that i mean a lot of people suggest it's it's well beloved and so we made sure it was on the list can i tell you my weird al story yeah it's actually a friend's story but i think it's good enough to share i wish it was my story so Weird Al was playing here in Portland, Maine. I wasn't even living here at the time, but I was visiting and it was around Halloween and he played at a local theater. My friend went to see the show and later that night she shows up at a friend's costume party and so does Weird Al. Wow. What? That, that's it. That's the whole story. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, so I was kind of bummed that I didn't go to the party or the show. But anyway, I thought we that had was had cool. him on the show, you know. 
He's been a guest. I vaguely well, that was has he been on more than once? Ago. Yeah, has he been on more than once? No, just just uh, the just only person time. who's been on more than once is Debbie Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield and um, don't forget Martha Quinn and Martha uh, Quinn. That's a weird. Well, yeah. that's actually a pretty predictable threesome. <laughs> well, I take that back. Oh, there's no, a great band name, well, predictable threesome. <laughs> I'm just digging a hole. This is getting scarier and scarier. You know, the only thing I can think of that's scarier than this music is going to LAX on a Friday night, Steve. I've been traveling a fair bit lately, and I'm loving my away travel carry-on. It's light, it's easy to move, and it does some things I didn't even know I wanted in a suitcase. So away travel makes four sizes of suitcases, always from high-quality materials, offered at a much lower price compared to other brands by selling directly to you. They're made of premium, premium, Steve, German polycarbonate, which is light, unrivaled in strength, and impact-resistant. They all feature built-in TSA-approved combination locks to prevent theft. They have four 360-degree spinner wheels to keep you moving. I have to say, I thought those suitcases were really dumb until I had one, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah, is amazing. A total lifesaver. Yeah, and they're available in nine colors, so you can avoid playing everyone's favorite street hustle. Hey, that's my black suitcase. But here's the coolest thing about my carry-on. It has a built-in battery that will charge any USB cord-powered device. No more camping by the outlets for me. I honestly, I love this feature. It's super practical, and I've used it every time I've traveled with this bag, which has been a lot lately. Anything that allows you to feel even just a little smug while you're killing time waiting for a connection is is good, right? They offer free shipping in the lower 48 states, and if you aren't quite sure, they offer a 100-day trial period. And if you decide it's not for you, send it back. You get a full refund with no questions asked. If you decide to keep it, you've got a lifetime warranty on that suitcase. Now, since you're a listener of Stuck in the 80s, you get a special offer. Visit awaytravel.com slash radical and use the promo code radical during checkout to get $20 off a suitcase. That's awaytravel.com slash radical. Use the promo code radical and save $20 on a new suitcase that will make traveling just a little more fun. I'm totally going to get one of those for my uh, upcoming 80s trips. God knows I need it alone for the USB powering device. That alone would be a lifesaver. It's so cool. Yeah. And you get to say stuff like, oh, I need to plug in my suitcase before I leave for the airport. I would imagine if you had one of those at the airport and you plug in your phone to your suitcase, people are going to start asking you about your bag. Fact. That has happened. Really? Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we've rattled off some of our favorite listener picks for Halloween songs already. We did receive a handful more that we want to run through. We're going to call these honorable mentions. We're not going to play the songs, but we at least want to give people credit and... uh, Right when Brad comes up with his Spotify playlist, he will add these songs to it as well. Right, Brad? Woot, woot. Oh, you bet. <laughs> Total enthusiasm. Uh, first pick, suggested by Weary Bear in Orlando. The Visitors from ABBA. And you're like, ABBA, not an 80s band. Yes, they were. They made it all the way till 1982. That was their final album, The Visitors. Dave Dirt suggested Halloween by Halloween. Okay, I'm going to believe that hmm. one. Yeah. Greg in Cleveland suggests Home by the Sea from Genesis in 1983. Greg in Cleveland, your job. This should be on the main list. This is such a great song. That's such a great song. Gerald McMahon nominates Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys soundtrack. And I nominate yeah. everyone watch the Lost Boys this Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Death by Good stereo. It's <laughs> worth a look at that. My dear boy, don't you can't invite a vampire into your home. Andrew in Indiana offers Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive by Men at Work. Hey, Brad, did he play that? Did he play that on the 80s cruise last year? 
this year? I don't think so. I heard it on the radio, though, just this last weekend, and it's such a little story song. I, I have this thing about where I kind of catalog songs that actually have narrative stories that they tell. And this is like the the you know the scientist who makes the potion that makes him cool. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought it was hip to be square. I don't get it, man. Colin Hay played It's a Mistake, though, right? He absolutely did. Okay, yes. good. That's what I'm thinking of. Rob Bradley suggests Friends by the Police. Here's another popular pick. Uh, Andrew Holler suggests Nightboat by Duran Duran. I love this choice. If I had thought of it, I would have mentioned it in the first list. Definitely should have been on the list. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a good one. Let's see. Tor Hansen, who always comes up with amazing picks. Uh, Nemesis by Shriekback. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's yeah. really creepy. I'm yeah. That that should be at the top of this list, battling its way with its undead strength into the top ten. When I think of Tor Hansen, I think of being awake at four in the morning and partying with Tiffany at the nightclub at the '80s cruise and the last cruise. And then we went all looking for food because we'd been drinking gin and tonics for like twelve straight hours. <laughs> ah, memories. <laughs> That's amazing. I can remember that. True. Yeah. Well, because I think it was more tonic than gin in those drinks. But uh, Chris in Huntsville, Halloween by Sonic Youth. And Kevin Wench and Dave Ogiagas both nominate Dream Warriors by Dokken. You know what I'd like to nominate right now? The Saggies. Ah, the familiar refrain of listener mailbag. We've got a good one this week. It's Perfect for this show is from uh, Jay Swash in Beaver Creek. Brad, take it away. Nothing would please me more, Mr. Spears. Jay Swash writes, hello, Steve and Rad B. Greetings from sunny Beaver Creek, Ohio, where, yes, we have beavers. I wanted to toss in my two cents on the spooky song list, but it may be disqualified as it's from a musician already on your previous countdown. The song is Teenage Frankenstein by Alice Cooper. Let me explain. No, there's too much. Let me sum up. No, seriously, let me explain. I graduated from Anderson High School in Cincinnati in 1990, so I'm five years younger than you guys. And I was a bit of a late bloomer. Socially, musically, etc. My best friend Dave, however, had fallen in with the rough crowd at our school and was very much a part of the hair metal scene. Anderson Township, where we grew up, exploded in popularity in the 80s, and part of the fallout from that was there was a big divide in our school between the blue-collar kids and the upper-middle class invaders the rich kids jocks and other popular kids were called biffs and the delinquents were grits i'm sure it originated in a book somewhere the story is so exciting i'm so excited i'm really fascinated by the whole (laughs) thing yeah okay i was far from a tough guy more a comic book and sci-fi geek than anything but the grits were cool with anyone that was cool to them so there i found myself hanging out with tough guys and girls wearing their jean jackets with iron maiden and black sabbath patches smoking marlboros and listening to metallica on boom boxes while i drank my coke classic wearing my poser jean jacket alice cooper's teenage frankenstein has stuck with me all these years as the soundtrack for the rough crowd the feeling of being an outcast being proud of that but also at the same time angry that people look down on you a resentment of knowing the odds are against you and a need to lash out at that idea stubborn pride and smoldering resentment i can remember listening to that song and getting it that feeling of oh i'm a freak am i i'll show you how much of a freak i can be the grits were big on damage night and on halloween itself it was an annual ritual to engage in minor league vandalism egging houses smashing jack-o'-lanterns letting air out of tires and so on 
I'm sad to say I got pulled in once or twice, and I remember listening to that song beforehand. It just seemed to have a supernatural vibe that lent itself to lashing out and celebrating the darkness within. I lost track with most of that group as time went on. I matured a lot during my junior year and made different friends. But every now and then I will listen to that song and I can smell the secondhand smoke, taste the flat mountain dew, and feel the wind in my face as we drove around late at night looking for trouble. A part of my life I'm not proud of, but I can look back at with curious fondness. Thanks for resurrecting some memories, guys. Jace Wash and Beaver Creek. Wow. I'm covered in goosebumps. Whoa. I'm covered in goosebumps. I, I had like not read this. I had not read this before we did the show. I usually I read through them, and I hadn't read that one at all. That's oh, Jay Swash, that's amazing. I feel like I just watched a film. Like I'm so that's such a satisfying story to me. Yeah, it was and so vivid, so good. And I love my favorite part of this is is looking back on it that there was some regret and then also not just those mixture of emotions is so vivid. Thanks, man. That's awesome. It's, yeah, it's so real. Yeah. I love the uh, Flat Mountain Dew line. Out here in California, at least, or maybe in the, the neighborhoods I've lived in, Halloween wasn't a really a big vandalism night, but where I grew up in Oklahoma, it definitely was. Hell, well, Hell Night was. Well, what was Hell Night? Hell Night's the night before Halloween. Yeah, kind That's of like All Saints. Before. You mean All Saints? That's Oh, no, All Saints is the day after Halloween. Sorry. So the thirty. Well, so what kind of what what were the what were the general shenanigans? Was it just like toilet papering and egging, or yeah? You know what's funny was that I remember this one night there was a guy who got elected student council president at my high school, and he did it after basically getting defeated twice and him and then protesting the results, and the principal got so fed up. It was with Florida it. after all? Yeah. So the principal got so fed up that he was just like, "Fine, you win." <laughs> <laughs> and so this guy caught our wrath for the rest of the whole year, basically, because we were all yeah. like, you know, you're not our president. And so one night we were over and we were toilet paper, me and like five friends, we were in like one of those custom vans, you know, with a uh, carpet on the ceiling and walls. Poseidon painted on the back. Yeah, pretty much. And we were yeah, over baby. there and we we're toilet papering the shit out of his house for probably like the fifth time that semester. I mean. We really laid it on hard. I feel bad about that. I really feel bad about that because, I mean, that's one of the worst things to get out of trees is paper. <laughs> but we were doing it. <laughs> As we're doing it, he pulls up, like, his car pulls up behind us. And we all like, <laughs> race back into the van before we can see who it was. And we tore off driving. And the <laughs> chased us, like, into the next county. And well, I, the story which is no, scene. <laughs> no small like feet. I mean, feature, guys. <laughs> no small yeah. feet. He's like, we're like 30 or 40 minutes from the next county. This guy doesn't give up, man. He drives all where we drive all the way up to Tarpon Springs. And then finally, um, the little brother of the guy who's driving the car and sort of our ringleader goes, let me get out of the car and get in his face because he doesn't know who I am. He knows all you guys, but he doesn't know me. So once he realizes he doesn't know the people, he's going to give up. And so he hops out of the car and goes and like, you know, get out of our way. Let us go home. You asshole, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how it worked, but it worked. The guy kind of realized it was a lost cause and realized it was just probably like, you know, a bunch of people he didn't know. So no big deal. And yeah. uh, he let us go. And so we <laughs> sneaked back into the So Pinellas. you did it again the next night? No, I don't think we ever did it again after that. I mean, to be honest, when you're like – 16 or 17 yeah, years old, close that's, that sort of shit scares the hell out of you, and you never do anything wrong the rest of your life. Yeah. So, Permanent so record. 
in my town, the um, the projectile of choice as I got into high school was not eggs because eggs were expensive, but um, you know the canned biscuits. <laughs> most ridiculous story i've ever heard because you can because you buy a thing you can buy a thing of canned biscuits for like 50 cents right and you pop them open and there's 12 of them in there and they stick to everything so you drive by the principal's house on the morning of november 1st and it would look like he had reshingled his house with biscuits they just cover the roof of his house I like feel like there's a, a left out scene in Real Genius where that happens, and then somebody comes with blow torches and like creates a oh, and, 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 huge and makes yeah. bowl. savory breakfast. Yeah, or a huge around the like a huge gingerbread house or yeah, that's a biscuit I've house. Never heard a biscuit that. house. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's no one else. Biscuit. No one I've ever. Ta- that's kind of why I ask because nobody I've ever talked to has had that same thing. So I guess that was just a. A strange, a strange discovery in Weatherford, Oklahoma. You should. Yeah, I mean, you know, Halloween's coming, or what did he call it? Damage night. Yeah, damage night's damage coming, night. guys. That seems, that seems so damage sadistic. Night. Damage night. That's a great band name. Damage night. Damage night. Their second album. Speed Biscuit metal House. band. Damage night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have a great story, we always love to tell them on the show. Send them to podcast at sit80s dot com. Ah, the ambiguous sound of a segment that Steve doesn't know well enough to rattle it out of his head at a moment's notice. It must be mystery TV theme song time. Uh, We'll play a snippet of a theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, uh, you're entered into a drawing for some swag. I don't know if the last couple of people who've won have emailed in their uh, addresses. I can't remember the last time I saw an address come across our web. Yeah, it has been a while. It has been a while. I worry about that. I worry about the retention figures that we're seeing. Anyway, pay attention. Here was a theme song from our last episode. Yes, that's fame. Woo-hoo. Jen, you picked this, right? I did indeed. I love the show. I love the and movie. I love the song. It's a great story. Yes. Uh, may I read the winners? You may read the winners. Fantastic. Winners include Joseph Perdue, Dave Augie August, Michael Mockrock Hayes, Tom Korn in Austria, Jeff Rocks in Indiana, Dave Parrott, Chris no longer from South Lion, DJ and Clinton, the man known only as Rowan, OJ in La Coruna, Spain, Jose Sierra, Peter Ryan, Canuck in Cali, Aaron Shirley, Ed in El Paso, Don in Tulsa, Anastasia in Colorado, Hermit Jack, Jay Swash in Beaver Creek, <laughs> Oliver the Bard, Bardenhire, Billy in Paducah, and Kurt Ryan, who writes, I still have a crush on Lori Singer. Damn well. Get in line, buddy. So there was a little controversy behind the scenes on this seggy from the last time. If you remember, the last time we did this segment was almost a month ago, and Steve had some stuff going on, and I told him I would edit the show together. So I did. I stayed up late. I was at my mom's at her oh, kitchen table right. doing all this yeah. stuff. And I posted it, but I also posted all the pieces just in case there was something he wanted to fix. And Steve got on the next morning and only saw the pieces, didn't see the assembled piece. And he rebuilt the whole show, which I didn't know. He just did it because he's a nice guy. And then, you know, we'd had some 
we'd gotten some guff from somebody that, you know, Dave Augiagas gets his name in every time. I think you're telling him the answers. And I'm like, well, no, that's not really true. Well, no, it isn't true. But he wrote in, that's fame. And immediately I got like, I got all excited. I'm like, you are wrong. Get off your pedestal. You don't know nothing. Like I was talking smack <laughs> at him and I'm giving him crap. And I'm like, that's not it. And then Steve emails back into the chain about, you know, like as enter has just been, you know, the send button has just been pushed. You can't get it back. He's like, actually, that is fame. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, how did you do that? I was so mad because I had basically just, I had was such relish just taking this guy down. And I'm like, actually, you're right. Yeah, Dave, look at him on this list here. <laughs> I apologize for saying those things and I will <laughs> endeavor to make sure never to impinge your your character or your identification skills ever again now or in the future. All right, all right, I apologize. You're really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. You take it back. I do. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice, and I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family, and I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Okay. It's, it's a, a big juggling. serving a crow on that one. It's a juggling game sometimes, um, editing this show. I, I don't know. I'm sure people have no... You know, they, we don't we don't really let you in that much. I mean, not that it's any sort of secret or anything, but there's weekends where Brad's just out of town or out of pocket for a week, or I'm out of pocket for a week, and it it's been going on now for months. And and so, yeah. sometimes we we do stupid things and we re-edit well, shows. In this case, we, yeah, in this case, we both did all the work. So yeah, <laughs> okay. we, we, we need to, we need to communicate better. Well, and I but, must say, anyway. as a as a guest host to the show, who gets to just show up and say stuff and doesn't have to do. A single thing technically. There's a lot of work that goes into this, and I didn't realize it until I actually was invited to be a co-host every now and again. But yeah, it's it's a tremendous amount of work. It's it's amazing that you've you guys have done it for as long as you have. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of cleanup involved sometimes. Uh, it's harder to do now because we're not we can't see each other and say, "Hey, I'm raising my hand. I'm going to talk next." Kind of thing. Right. That's I think yeah. the big change over the years. And what I think is amazing is this huge um, wheel of fortune that you guys have created just to see who the winner will be, like this huge wheel. I mean, it looks so much like the actual wheel. we engrave all the names. Yeah, like it looks, and people, you know, there's new names, you got to keep adding them, and it looks, you know, for the listeners, it looks so much like the original wheel of fortune wheel. It's amazing. In retrospect, we should have used a dry erase board instead of using wood carving. That may have been safe. It's really hard to match the colors. That would have saved some time, yeah. Anyway, can I spin the sucker? Yeah. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) No hernias, please. And the winner is... Oh, it looks like Michael Mockrock Hayes. Nice. Congratulations. Beginner's luck. Very good. Uh, Michael, send us your snail mail address and we will send you some swag. In the meantime, we're going to let Jen... We're going to let Jen pick the theme song for this week. However, we cannot guarantee that what she picks will actually be what you hear a month from now. (laughs) Good luck, guys. If you know it, 
Email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in next week to find out if you are a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Count Chocula cereals. It's different today. How about? Some ghosts in your cereal. Hooray! Ah, my cereal. It's haunted with ghosts. Whatever you do, don't open that box. <laughs> Chill out, Chalk. They're marshmallow ghosts. It's true. Now they're ghosts. New white marshmallow ghost in Count Chocula. A ghostly part of this complete breakfast. Sounds neat. Let's eat. No, don't open that box. But you can, if you dare. <laughs> And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. I thought, let's play an old game we love so much. What's your 80s obsession? Jen, what is your 80s obsession? So, Brad, you'll love this. I have a 1A and a 1B. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm shocked. one sets up the other, so, so it's, it's relevant. But I'm reading a book right now. It's called Living in the 80s. And it's a it's a collection of essays. I'll tell you the, the author in case anyone wants to look it up. It's um, edited by Gil Troy and Vincent J. Canato. And it's called Living in the 80s. And it's essays about living in the 80s. <laughs> but but it's all kinds of stuff. It's sort of like the, the geopolitical climate at the time and like liberalism in the 80s and the backlash to feminism. And it's, you know, New York City, is it dying or not? I mean, a, a lot of heavy stuff, but really yeah. fascinating historical stuff. Because I grew up in, and it talks a, l- a lot about the early to mid 80s. And so I was just a kid, like, hanging out. <laughs> and so I knew Ronald Reagan was our president, yes. But I didn't understand all of the air traffic control stuff. I didn't understand a lot that was happening at the time. So this book is helpful in putting some context to those vague memories I have of the news. And also, I got to say, helping me put context to contextualize what's happening today in, in the world. So it's been really useful for that and very entertaining. So I highly recommend this book. There are a couple of, of lighter chapters about music and of, about, you know, of course, MTV and what, what a difference that made in, in the music industry and just in culture in general. But what I'm really loving about this book is that it's really helping me to understand the Americans better <laughs> and have a greater appreciation. Oh, of just context. Yeah, exactly. So um, if you're not, I, I got on the Americans train kind of late. So I'm watching it now on Amazon. I think there's four or five seasons currently on Amazon and I, I just started season three. It's such a good show. And now I understand why people are always telling me to watch this show because it's just great. And in terms of um, the 80s, like the music is really well placed and, and chosen. Yeah. The clothes are I, yeah. gorgeous. <laughs> like I, I want every one of Carrie Russell's outfits. Um, and yeah, and so it's interesting. So it's, it's just very quickly, it's the, the, it's two Russian spies who are married and, you know, living next door to this FBI guy, but they're also parents. And so they have to like parent their kids in addition to being Russian spies. And, you know, they've got tons of wigs and glasses and (laughs) they're always in disguise, but it's kind of fun to, after having read this book, you know, when you watch and they're like, you know, I don't know, bugging Casper Weinberger's office. You're like, hey, I know what that is. <laughs> so anyway, I highly recommend The Americans. And if you want to get a greater appreciation for it, um, read a couple essays on the history of, of uh, Reagan as well. It will <laughs> deepen your appreciation. I'm, I'm going to totally do that because I'm looking for a new... Uh, I started watching The Americans several months ago. And I, I, for whatever reason, I slipped out of it. But I keep getting this buzz that it gets, keeps getting better and better. 
So I'm going to give another shot. Huh. Uh, we, Katie and I watched a, a little bit of it and we really liked it, but the thing about it was it was, it's an intense show, right? And we would watch it and then we'd go to bed and lay in bed like wide awake, uh, you know, it just cranks my brain up to about 11. So we kind of stepped away from it, but the pilot I think is one of the best pieces of television I've seen in Yeah, years. I agree. I agree. Yeah. My husband and I will watch it an episode before bed and then we'll, we'll sleep just fine, but then we'll wake up and then like one of the first things in the morning will be like, and another thing about the show last night, you know, so our, like <laughs> brains yeah. are working on it. Still post gaming. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So here's my ease obsession. Uh, I think by the time you listen to this show, it will be six days until Jen with one end comes to visit me in Orlando Woo-hoo! and we're going roller skating. It's like a done deal. I'm so excited. I'm like so afraid. <laughs> my the only thing I'm bummed about <laughs> is that that my brand new skates, which I don't know if you, you a couple of episodes ago that I was on, I was talking about these skates that were offered to me yeah. that were practically yeah. new, and I bought them for myself for my birthday. So I'm very excited, and, but I can't bring them on the plane because it's just like they're too heavy to bring in a suitcase and just be foolish to do. But oh my gosh, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of tempted. Why well, put? I sent you guys a photo of my skates. Oh yeah. Which looks like something from Flash Gordon. They're pretty sweet, but uh, I'm not bringing. Uh, I'm, I'm not bringing those to the skating rink either. We're gonna get. We're gonna get rink skater of the universe. We're getting rentals, old school stuff. Oh, good. Okay, you're getting rentals too, nice. so I won't feel so so. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I want like something that's been maintained, you know, and support <laughs> my uh, ankles. When did you last grease these barriers? <laughs> well, they're the most comfortable just, too because they're all broken in by five million feet. Right, right. But I got to tell I you guys. Wait, have- so when the time that Steve and I are going, it's during old school jams with a Z. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know it must be good. Yeah, and and Steve, I just want to warn you that dress code is enforced, and it says please exclamation point no bare midriffs or saggy pants. So just a warning for you. What? No bear midriffs. Well, try and class it exactly. up a little, Spearsy. Nobody wants to see me in a bear midriff, but I'm a 50 year old man. All my pants are saggy. <laughs> That's an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I gotta, I, I'm definitely wearing some sort of 80s outfit that night. I just don't know which kind. Yeah. It'll be probably consisting of a t shirt, but that's okay. Yeah, most of my clothes look like you could, it could have been worn in the 80s, so I'll be all set. Yeah. That's going to be fun. We'll take photos and we'll post them on Facebook. Awesome. Brad, what's your. Um, 80s obsession. So my 80s obsession, this may be a little familiar to you from the last uh, Halloween show we did. I talked about uh, Houdini track, The Freaks Come Out at Night. And the next day, I pulled that album up in my Spotify and listened to it all day long. I just really liked it. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm kind of like, wow, I'm kind of broadening my 80s musical horizons a little bit here. But then this last weekend, I had a long drive, about five hours, and usually that's time that I spend listening to podcasts, kind of clearing the decks, getting through my backlog. But uh, I just didn't feel like listening to people talk. I just wanted to kind of be, you know, just kind of be in the car and enjoy the drive. It's a really pretty day. And i a little burned out on the same stuff on the 80s channel and the same stuff on First Wave and the same stuff on, you know, Classic Rewind. And so I found a new channel. I didn't know that was possible. I found a new channel on Sirius XM. It's called The Groove. It's channel 50. And it's like 70s and 80s R&B, funk, hip hop. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, you know, I, I'm, I should be embarrassed to be admitting that I'm just coming to this genre and really enjoying it maybe. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited because it was like. Well, was you grew up in Oklahoma, music. am I right? Yeah. You ain't kidding. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Yeah. So. 
No, I that's great. That's great that you're brought. You're brought I have in. to ask this question. It's very important. Um, have they played Open Sesame yet? They have not. They have not. Oh. But I did tell you that when we saw uh, Cool and the Gang at the Hollywood Bowl this summer, they did play Open Sesame, and it was <gasps> it was amazing. It was so oh great. My gosh. I bet there's like a lot of Nile Rodgers on that groove. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Very much so. And, you know, there'll be like every third song you recognize, but a lot of it is just kind of – and it was perfect for driving because, you know, you're just kind of cruising it, you know, whatever, 75. And it just – the music also is just kind of cruising. It was great. Great pairing. I recommend it for all your cross-country driving needs. Channel 50 on nice. SiriusXM, The Groove. We got it, my friend. Hey, this has been fun. A two-part Halloween episode separated by uh, Princess Bride, which is kind of a Halloween episode in itself. As you wish. Check it out. By the way, if you're listening to the show, you've obviously found our RSS feed. But if you're not, keep in mind, we, we, have, we used to have two listings on iTunes. We only have one now. So tell your friends if they're like, hey, wait a minute. Stuck in these one way. No, we didn't. We just got rid of our extraneous listing for lack of a better term anyway thank you brad and thank you jen and thank you for everybody who wrote in with these amazing suggestions this is really good i really love this halloween playlist we've come up with yeah best listeners ever yes we love you in the meantime we bid you adieu but we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.